We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. (laughs) I'm here at Rich Kiamko, WTY podcast, and I'm here live with Natalie Perlin. You're down in Florida? No. I am. I'm here in Miami. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love that you're wearing your scarf in a very modest way. We'll do a reveal later. Uh, Natalie Perlin is one of the comedians this Saturday, uh, May 2nd, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We're streaming on Zoom. So it's actually not just a stream, but it's actually a live interactive stand-up comedy show that we're, we're in. Ophira Eisenberg from NPR's Ask Me Another is headlining, but you're one of the other comics on the show. And I'm so glad you're joining me today. For those of you, you can click below or uh, follow, follow me and you'll see more information on how to get a ticket to actually come to the show. It's a live show where comics will be on the Zoom doing stand-up and interacting with people. So it's actually, it's, it's, it's the most virtual, literal comedy club you can get to right now since we're all in quarantine. We're on or lockdown or whatever. But you're in Florida. Are people in Florida just running around and blowing each other's noses? Like what's happening? In Miami, we have a little bit stricter, stricter laws, but in other, I want to go to the rowdy part. I, I, I want to like sneak out and be naughty, but I'm being good. I'm staying, <laughs> staying here. Oh my God. But naughty, but does naughty mean like not wear a mask or not wear a... Go to, go to un- a beach or go on a walk. <laughs> That's like, she's like the bad girl. <laughs> bad girl. No She's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're wearing, you're just wearing chiffon cosmetically. You're not wearing chiffon to, to protect yourself. <laughs> it's not fair. Like if you have like a cute face, but you're like have a chubby body, it's not fair to have to cover up your face. It's not. <laughs> it's such a big disadvantage. Right. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's tricky, right? Because if you're 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 a you know you're a, a busty gal. And that's part of, I mean, you, you have, you know, you have a show called Big Tits Energy, so it's not like, right? It's Big Tits Energy. Yeah. So it's not like I can't talk about the obvious. I need uh, like a mask for each of my breasts. Like my breasts are the size of my face. You so definitely like, need, you, know, you need two, two N95s, maybe like a double N95. Right? 36 double J N95. <laughs> J N95. It sounds more like a tax code than a bra or a mask. Do you have deductibles? Do those come with deductibles? <laughs> so, so Natalie, you are a stand-up comedian, but I, but you do, and I've seen, I know your act is great. You, you do incorporate. I mean, you have to address that you are a, a, a big, a big busty gal. I mean, you because it's like you can't miss it, right? It's like, how did you start comedy, and then how did that evolve? Was that like because you? What what did you first talk about, and how did it become big tits energy in your show? Your you know your your show and, and your your mission. So big tits energy um, is a show I did. I guess the first time was in November. It's actually a show about. I used to be a Dolly Parton impersonator and do like burlesque as Dolly Parton. Oh. Is really, I mean, I do have it, I have it as like a punch in one of my jokes, but that show is, I do it as Dolly Parton and it's like this very emotional <laughs> kind of intellectual discussion about having big breasts and your identity and all this other stuff. But yeah, I do address it in comedy. There's been times where I was experimenting and I would do a show like wearing a leather jacket or something where it, 
there would be no way that people could tell <laughs> that I had big breasts. And Stop. I was, a part of me kind of has it in my head of if I don't talk about my breasts, I'm not funny. Like that's the only thing I have to offer, but it's not true. Like, I've done shows in just like a leather jacket. And it's just like, I feel like I have this naughty secret because <laughs> nobody can tell. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be like if a guy got on stage who was packing in his pants and just wore, wore like, boxers but every i mean every gay man would be like they could feel it right they're still it's the, it's the big tits energy right. <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> god, god god gifted you with it that's the package god gave you everyone has a package and everyone has to embrace i think you know i'm a, a man of color i'm queer so i i have to address it on stage whether it's, it's there's layers i have like a little secret if i'm on the road in a rural less a less urban area where people don't necessarily think i'm gay they just think i'm asian they think you know they don't this is i mean you would, <laughs> you would get it but it's different because you're in different circles but i've had situations where i'm doing a show and women start hitting on me i'm like oh my god like <laughs> need to like i need to come in here with a unicorn or like you know with rupaul's drag race backup dancers or something i don't know some kind of drag opening but because I have that in my head, that little naughty secret, but that I feel like is more obvious than some people would think. But when you first started performing, like, where were you? What kind of a, what was the first mic like? And how did you, you know? <laughs> um, I was doing like all the Laughing Buddha mics. I didn't oh, do, okay. I didn't even do a show until I was like six months in. I was just at the same mics and then I got banned. <laughs> <laughs> I got banned from Mike's for not buying a drink. Oh um, my God. I'm not really a big drinker, but I think that after that happened, I, I've never even gotten like detention. I'm such a good girl. And so once I got banned, like, I really feel like it gave me this edge. And I was like, <laughs> banned from Buddha. Banned from the Buddha mics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always buy, I've done the Buddha mics. That, I treat them like a gym. You go, they're like, they're like Blink Fitness, you know, they're all over, they're all the time. And, and I buy just the seltzer. I mean, I don't drink so at, at any liquor. At all. I mean, I have kombucha maybe, but that's like, you know, cough syrup. That's not even as strong as cough syrup, but uh, it has more caffeine than probably, uh, and, um, you know, uh, alcohol. But you were banned and you had this sort of like, what? So you felt like, ooh, I'm, I'm, I can't go to I the Buddha mics. Sandy when she wears the pink to like Sandy when she wears the black. I was just like, I'm a dangerous woman and they can't control me. Like, I have no, no respect for authority. You know, like I really felt like oh, I'm a bad bitch. Because <laughs> you're banned from an open mic for not ordering a drink. Well, actually, I was banned for one month. I was like on probation, but I thought it was so funny. And I was, I was like a little bit hurt too because I felt like I. I I spent so much money, like with, I took classes that I actually really love their classes. Um, I've taken classes with Joe DeVito, who I think is so great, and yeah, Kevin Strauss. Like, I really am so glad that I, you know, kind of started in that. Yeah, know, those are team. good. Those are good. Those are good guys. Those are good guys. Good comics. Yeah, but after I was banned from those mics, I think that's when I started really doing a lot of shows because I was. I didn't really understand like all the networking type of aspects. I would just go to the mics all the time. And that's really what I thought comedy was. <laughs> <laughs> right. But in a way, it sort of pushed you out of the nest, right? 
yeah, it was, it was definitely like a blessing in disguise. Um, and I definitely think like the bad girl edge, like, I feel like it's like a tabloid story, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> probably nobody knows or cares, but it was like the coolest thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> but, but what's, what's, but all joking aside, having that story, because I, for me, it's like really paying attention to the story that I have, that I tell myself, that, that, that creates the life that I have. I mean, this is, this is, this is like, aside from your double J's, the, the bigger weight that you're carrying is the story you carry, right? So <laughs> the even snake allowed the shame. <laughs> right, but, but the story, it, the, there was one gift in the stigma. Like, I don't believe, I mean, I have enough shame that was given to me. I was raised Catholic, so I know all about being unworthy and bad. But the story in some ways fueled you to get out of what you were doing into a bigger circle, right? I'm a bad, I'm on the edge. And at least it gave you that thing. Even if no one else knew, and no one probably cared if you were banned from the Buddha mics, you know, in the bigger world. I mean, I understand the principle of integrity and like, this is the agreement, it's this much money and you buy a drink. And that I want to be in integrity with. But with your head, what your your actions are and will only come from the belief you have about yours. I'm doing a whole intellectual breakdown. But because you believed you were a badass and it was kind of funny, but also you felt a little shame, you stepped out of the story of like, I'm just going to live here and you lived bigger. Even if it was, you know, it was a, a blessing from that in a way, right? Like you really- Yeah, and I, I, I feel like that, I'm not trying to trash talk any mic, but there are so many other amazing mics. Like I love Felicia Madison's, Open yeah, mics that you do, like the, feedback mics, the Drew and Peter mics, I love it. I feel like I found an audience that understood me a lot more than right. just like the Laughing Buddha bro scene, you know? So it's really good in the end, but I still feel like nobody likes to feel like not welcome <laughs> somewhere. Right, right. But in a way, I think that might be a story that a lot of comics or most comics are carrying anyway, right? Because like, I, a lot of the stories I get from comics is like they felt left out. So now this is the way they found their voice. But to feel left out of the people that were already left out is like a double re reject. I mean, it's kind of like when I came to New York and I'm finally going to be gay, but the people are like, okay, no fats, no femmes, no Asians. Like, oh, great. So I'm still banned because I'm not, you know, white, ripped, muscular, and hyper-masculine and I walk around like I'm fucking bitches. You know, like that whole kind of weird self-loathing exclusion. I mean, I think it's like, in the gay community, I think we're all trauma, gay men in the gay culture or queer culture, we're so traumatized. We take the same trauma and dump it on other people. And I think in the, in the comedic culture, the same thing can happen. We're, we're like, we're, we're trying, we, we have this sort of voice and power. And once we have some of it, are we gonna take it out on other people that are still, you know, in our, oh no, did you just drop out? Did you censor yourself? <laughs> Natalie. Hello? Uh, are you there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Did you have to step out and change? No. <laughs> so I was, I was just, so I was just saying that that I think the same, you know, people hurt people. There's a saying, hurt people, hurt other people, or hurt people, hurt people. But I think also comics, the culture, you know, the the community of co comics have also all been hurt and damaged. And it, it's easy for comics to damage and hurt each each other. Yeah, you know, we're all damaged. So someone's gonna do some power play on someone. And someone's going to give you a detention for not getting a drink, buying a drink. I mean, comedy, comedy is so much rejection. So it's like we seek that rejection. <laughs> I get I mean, off on it. I get off on it. It's just like I just want, I just want more of it. Like the whole rest of my life wasn't enough. <laughs> I'm not right, done yet. Right, right, right. 
yeah, I feel like I'm discovering more of myself in this quarantine. Like the bad habits I thought would go away. Would I had if I just had more time, I would totally have much better habits. And that's completely not true. Like I've had 46 days now and I still haven't worked on my, I worked on my pilot a couple of days, but I haven't finished the pilot. So I'm going to finish the pilot. I'm doing all these podcasts. I'm doing all these virtual shows and I'm trying to, I'm trying to build this life raft to get out from the flood that we're in, this flood of COVID. And like, well, what's the raft look like? What's the boat? How do we build like the next, I don't know, island? Are we, I'm trying to like tether people's rafts together with other comics and other people and create these shows and, I don't know. Like, what do you, you're in, so now you're in Florida and you're staying with your family or with your hot brother? I mean, your hot brother, you keep. <laughs> I hate that the secret is out about my hot oh, brother. But you, wait, it's not a secret if you're telling people. You're telling people you have a hot brother. No, you still at have the to... show yesterday, everyone was like, how's your hot brother? I was like, I posted like one thing with my family. Was he <laughs> the one you... doing the push-ups in the, on yeah. the, oh yeah. <laughs> well, my brother, um, yeah, I try to keep him like in the closet, like not in a game, like he's straight. But yeah, I tried. <laughs> for now, for now, it's COVID, that. honey. <laughs> stage time is stage time. You gotta hand him over. <laughs> I sound so predatory. That was so. That was so gay, bro, G bro. <laughs> but he he's he's so into like gym stuff that I think that's like gay adjacent. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 like yeah. There's, there's like straight, there's gay, and there's like the whole spectrum of like everything and gender non-binary and this and this, and then there's just like very straight men who love the gym and who are like that aesthetic yeah yeah that, that whole thing so that's a whole, that's a whole <laughs> like lifestyle it's a whole universe it's a whole subculture and then that intersects with the gay gym culture i mean i in jersey city there's like a powerhouse gym that i used to belong to it was so bro and then there was like a, you know there's a little infiltration of homos right and then if you go a little closer to downtown, then it's like, oh, this is the gay gym with a bunch of straight guys in it. This is the, that's definitely like the straight gym, like you know, like the probation, the probation officers and the gay guys work out. Because <laughs> I feel like straight men don't need to look that good for anybody. Because right. I, I don't know that women like I I I I would feel so uncomfortable with like a super gym muscular guy because I would just feel bad about myself. Right. Well, I think like that time that you're spending at the gym, just get more rich, you know? Like, <laughs> 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 like I, I like a little bit more of like a dad bod than like a gym bro. But I know that's just like, that's just me. But it, it's such an, I, I just don't have like the gym obsession myself. So I can't relate to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. I mean, I was married to someone that wasn't a gym, gym bro, but then I, I dated a lot of super Chelsea guys before that. And then after I dated sort of a dad semi-gym bro. And then I dated like a bro, like a, a gay guy who was like, so bro, he works out at the straight gym, doesn't want to wear spandex. He'll go to the gym in like denim jeans and like a Henley shirt, you know, like he's almost like down low, like no one's going to know I'm gay. We're going to work out here and we're going to like, I'm like, Okay, tone it down. You're still my boyfriend. You don't have to go. You're going to fag bash me in the locker room? Like, just relax. But there's like, there's a whole spectrum of like masculinity. And I think the gym, I don't know, with gay men, it's about a lot of gay men. Well, not all gay men, but a lot of gay men are like, want to be this perfect model body and maybe straight acting, but that's mostly just they want to look amazing. But it's so much pressure. Like as a gay man, I still feel fat, even though I'm not, 
morbidly obese. But in the gay world, I say I am morbidly obese in the gay world. But for women, the, the, the pressure culturally is for women to be, you know, size zero on the cover of Vogue and, you know, body fat, have 10 kids and no weight gain or, and have a career and have an opinion, but then completely have the man and the lifestyle. Like, how is it even possible to live in some sort of standard of beauty that doesn't exist? It's like a unicorn's unicorn. And I think I'm, I'm so far away from ever achieving that that I just like, I don't really try. <laughs> like I could go to the gym and improve myself, but I'm like, no, or like, you have big breasts, that's enough. Like whoever, <laughs> <laughs> whoever is gonna like me probably wouldn't want a woman that was a size zero. Like it's just a different thing. Right, right. So I feel like I kind of sometimes opt out of that entirely, but I would, I, I think this is actually like quarantine would be the perfect time to be recovering from liposuction. And I think about that every day. <laughs> I would like, go get lipo and then I would just be like sitting here, you know, and like improving myself somehow without doing anything. Oh my God. <laughs> because I well, see this... my mom and my brother work out every day. I see them, they're not like, come join us. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But I think it's tricky too. Cause like improving, is improving myself lipo? I mean, is that telling myself that I'm not good enough for love. This is my own body, my own body shaming work. But am I saying to myself, I'm not good enough until I have lipo? Like it's a weird, I mean, Hollywood doesn't say go out there and be fat. You know, it says be someone other than who you are. Or they say be yourself, but you could lose a few pounds, right? It's this weird, I don't know, mixed message. It's like, is yourself, like it's, yourself is just like somebody that you are like in your soul. Right. And that has nothing to do with how you look. But then I also think like, being able to just create yourself and be like, oh, I want to be blonde. I'm not blonde. But if I dye my hair blonde, I can do that. It's like a freedom to do what you want with your body. And so I don't, I don't know if I had, I'm happy that I'm not super rich because I really would have like the duck lips. Oh, like I would have no, <laughs> I would have no way of knowing when to stop. Right, right. Because it is interesting when you meet people. I've met people, women, men that have had like so much surgery and you're like, oh, is this what had happened to Michael Jackson? Is this like, because there's no one outside this reference, unlimited funding, and then no reference. I mean, I don't say you should be shamed out of doing these things, but at what point have I just stopped appreciating myself for who I am, for my, like you said, my soul? I'm so busy trying to like shape the, the package for my soul. I mean, I can also say that I, I don't just go work out because it makes me feel good. I definitely want to look attractive and I feel like, like the last boyfriend I had was really like rugged, muscular. I'm like, ooh, I've never dated a guy with like a long term. I've, I've hooked up with a lot of muscular guys, but I haven't had a long term relationship with someone who is really like all that. So I was like, well, this is interesting because he's emotionally available, but also muscular. I, I usually kind of think like either you're hot and we're going to fuck or you're emotionally muscular, emotionally available and we're going to talk about our feelings, but we're not going to have sex. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, that, that's been my thing. But for you, I mean, is it like guys that are into you, though, can ignore your boobs? I mean, they're I there. I had an ex tell me that he thought they were distracting. Oh, really? And you did, that was someone you dated. I thought was like, there's other parts of you that are more beautiful. But I took it as such like a, a negative thing. So I think, you know, no matter what someone looks like, if you're in a relationship and you're with someone for a long time, you get used to somebody. Like right. you could look at the most beautiful person and after like a year, you're used to their face. It doesn't like shock you. 
right. anymore. So really, like, it's not, like, you know, looks fade. I don't, I think maybe, like, I'm less, but do I like any man? When I like someone, it really has usually not that much to do with what they look like. But mm. I've always, when I've had a boyfriend, they've always been very good looking, mm. like objectively. And it's, I, I'm always like, and it's hard, it's hard to feel like you're not the cute one in a relationship, like as a woman, you know, because I feel like I would much rather date someone who's like not so much more attractive than me because then I feel like at any second they could meet someone better. Wow. So it's like a power like thing. like me being insecure. So. Right, right, right. Well, you're aware of it. I mean, I guess, um, yeah, maybe I've done that. I've definitely done, I've definitely been the pretty one. But I've also chased the incredibly gorgeous, painfully handsome, painfully, you know, trainer body guys. But, you know, usually they didn't necessarily leave me emotionally. They, they would just black out at the end of the night, <laughs> you know, like, which is leaving me. But, you know, <laughs> I'm in the... I'm I'm in the gutter holding their head up going, oh, how did I get here? <laughs> they were so nice an hour, two hours ago. You know, eight Guinness ago, you were totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling myself, like, Natalie, you don't have a boyfriend now, and you can't get one because of quarantine, but it's like, I wasn't able to get one, like, for the past year either. So I think <laughs> it's going to be really depressing when we're allowed to go out, and I still <laughs> well, I think the quarantine and the COVID, the COVID and quarantine is another story because really, is it the quarantine? <laughs> is it my own? Is it my own? Like, I am the quarantine. <laughs> right. Well, do I emotionally quarantine? This is a good question. Do I emotionally quarantine myself from meeting people? Do I, what do I put in the way between me and connecting with another person? Right. Because you said, like, I have to be the pretty one. Isn't that something that's in the way? No. And that's what I think I should do is be the pretty one, but it never happens. I somehow get really attractive men and then I feel like insecure kind of, but you know what, what is weird? My, I, I want this like daddy type of like older man. I've never dated that. I always will date like a hippie or like a vegan. <laughs> I don't, it's like, I think I, you need a daddy vegan. You, is, you need a daddy with vegetables with like really. I don't even like vegetables. <laughs> I, 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 I the green ones. Like, I like the other ones. Now, do you, when you want daddy, do you mean like rugged daddy or like nurturing daddy? A little bit of both. Um, because I, I, I oh, there, cause there's like sexually and then there's like what you know is healthy. And it's better. <laughs> you right. don't want to like follow your primal urges because that gets you not in a healthy relationship. Right. Do you want to do a Chris Cuomo or would you do the Andrew Cuomo? Right? That's the debate. Because Chris Cuomo... Andrew Cuomo. Right. Andrew feels like stable. I mean, although if Chris Cuomo, you're out there, and I know you have a whole heterosexual situation happening, but in case you want to explore the rest of the spectrum, you know, I am available. Chris Cuomo, I, I mean, come on. Together, I could see it. <laughs> Right. We'd be the power couple. We'd be such the power couple. <laughs> yeah. But then Andrew would upstage us all. He'd show up at Thanksgiving and be like, because yeah, Andrew's got the gravitas, right? And you, you can tell he might have some, he definitely has character defects, but he's like, he's showing up, right? He's, he's, he's really showing up for New York. He's showing up for, I feel like he's showing up for me. I'm in Jersey City. He's still showing up for me in many ways. 
I just, I can't tell sometimes if I'm like in love with somebody or if they're just wearing a suit. <laughs> <laughs> now, is it peak lapel, notch lapel, or like, does it matter what the suit is as long as it's, does it have to fit well or is it just like a suit? I mean, it shouldn't fit poorly. I, the sad thing is I don't even know the difference. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> you just see suit. <laughs> Like suit and beard, and suit beard glasses, like that's it. Oh that's yeah, so you like a little corporate steady daddy type. I think I like almost like like the professor kind of daddy. Okay. But you know okay. what? Now that I've been in Florida, I can I feel like I could almost do like the biker daddy and like the guy Harvey T-shirt too. Oh really? But it's different. That's more like diabetic chain smoking but I can daddy. Do it. But I you can. Like but then the reality, like, like that's the thing. I, I remember I dated, I was speaking of suit, I definitely dated like a very suited political guy who was actually gay Republican in the Giuliani administration. And uh, this, is, this is a long time ago. I was only a child. I was a very young child. I was, in a, I was just a worker in a factory and he took me. Um, but it was interesting to date somebody who was kind of biker leathery, but political kind of greased as well. And like the reality of dating someone as opposed to the fantasy, they're two very different things, right? I mean, over time, like you said, the looks fade or the, I don't know, the biker fades. And who is that biker or who is that person, you know, on a Thursday night at 10 a.m. when you're not out? Like, are they okay to be with? Is it okay if you're just going to have Twinkies and ice cream? And yeah, is it going to be weird? So much, I, just, I just like clothes and accessories. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. I mean, I've been there. I've definitely been there. Oh, so just for anyone who's tuning in now, Saturday, May 2nd, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, every Saturday in May, we have different stand-up comedy shows on Zoom, but the link here below, you can go to thelaughtour.com or follow me or if you follow Natalie on Instagram, but we'll, it's a Saturday show. Natalie is one of the great comedians that will be on the lineup along with Ophira Eisenberg from NPR's Ask Me Another, and I'll be hosting and Alex Carabagno from Latino HBO, uh, Alan uh, Fuchs, and uh, wait, you two, who else? Anyone else? Oh my God, I'm blanking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'm so tired. This is, this is the thing, I'm so tired from, are you sleeping through the whole night? This is like day 46. I sleep, but I kind of either wake up an hour later or I just don't completely get to like the full rested. Apart, well also, I have to stop watching the news. If I watch the news before bed, I just have like, all this like irritation and, and fear. How are you, I mean, you're in Florida. Is it easier to sleep? Cause it's like a house and it's like tropical or not tropical, but you know. I usually, I don't, I'm very lucky. I'm pretty good at sleeping, but sometimes I will, I feel like I'm most creative from like two to five in the morning randomly. Mm. And so sometimes mm. I'm just like kind of wired, but I, I like let myself watch the news like one hour a day but I actually started, are, are you getting like crazy dreams? Yeah, oh my God. You how like everyone's having these crazy kind of dreams? Yeah. I think it's from watching porn too late at night. No. Where did that come from? And you're like, oh, that, yeah, okay, that makes sense. You have to be careful, like, with your media consumption before you go to bed. <laughs> well, I haven't been consuming much porn, but 
I definitely, I had a dream that I, I had murdered somebody on Zoom, using Zoom somehow. I think I clicked to mute them and they died or something. And then the, I didn't want anyone to know. And in my dream, I asked my dad to take the body or hide the body, which one, I would never have asked my dad to do that. Number two, I would never have called my, I would never call my dad for help. Are you kidding me? He would bury me, please. But in the dream, the person who I murdered on Zoom, the, the cat that was the pet of that, person came to my building in the back. I faced overlooked the park and it came walking through the park, stood underneath my window. I'm on the fourth floor and it like looked up at my window. Oh no, did you, Natalie, did you cut I'm out? Back, You're back. back. It's just my battery. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, we gotta wrap, we better wrap it. But anyway, the cat was looking up at my window and I'm like, it was gonna kill me, but I was so scared. I couldn't close my window. So it was gonna just jump, climb up the building and like, and I woke up going, oh my God, that was so fucked up. <laughs> anyway, but it's like crazy stuff. Or I wake up, I'm in my childhood bed, but like my ex-boyfriend and some other boyfriend are in the bed, in my childhood bed, and I'm watching going, what's happening? My parents might walk in. What's going, you know, like, it's all this weird, I don't know. You don't, you don't have parent dreams of ex-boyfriends in your childhood bed. Are you in your childhood home now? Or is this a different home? No, um, my mom, like, my mom, when we, my brother and I left, now she lives in, like, a small apartment. So it's, you know, it's kind of like I don't have any memories there, really. But um, I'm not even, stay I am staying in a guest house near my mom because my brother, it's only, like, one bedroom and a living room. So my brother was there first. <laughs> And my mom was like, you know, since everyone's at home 24-7, there's like an Airbnb in my neighborhood, and I'm staying here. I, and I'm allowed to, like, go to my mom's house, like, to hang out. But oh, oh, okay. I've been, like, segregated over here because I'm too much for everybody. Well, in a way, it's a good boundary. I don't I can't, I can't imagine staying at my parents' house. Like, I think there would just be full murder you know, mutilation. I can't, I can't see like cohabitation. I'm happy to like do like a Thanksgiving 24, 36 hours, but I can't imagine <laughs> 45 days. Oh my God. So it's good. You're at Airbnb. So what does your day look like? What like, does you, my Airbnb look like? Yeah. Or what does my day look like? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I was kind of, I've been hesitating to do like the online shows I finally gave in and now I'm doing more of them um a lot of online shopping just just so you have something to like look forward to <laughs> oh my god I put on eyelashes most days still because I'm just like I need to feel like life is still has you know some sense of normalcy but um I was just eating a lot now I'm doing like the intermittent fasting so I feel like if I eat dinner, I'm just like all day I have dinner to look forward to. Oh, okay, um, okay. I read, I kind of just make little silly videos sometimes, talk to friends. Right, right. Listen to music. It's, it's weird how like you want freedom, but then when you have too much of it, you're just kind of paralyzed. Right, right. I mean, I realized like I have a, a I had a decent life before this happened and now I feel this weird, like, I'm almost drowning in time. Like, this is too much time. But at the same time, 
this all could end. I don't know what's, you know, I, I, it's not, it's just not like you're on a retreat. Like if I was on a, like a comedian's retreat where you're like, okay, unlimited time, just structure it, work and write it, your pilot, make some podcasts, do this, this, and this. And then we're going to meet at the, like there's, there's all these things that are removed. Like I can't work out in a normal way. I can't go outside in a normal way. I can't just see people or snuggle or, or fuck, or, I mean, you know, like, not that I just randomly pick people up, but I don't, you know, I don't have this, like, other regular creature comforts, right? It's like, we have all this time, but we can't do anything in it. And like the anxiety, I'm, and, like, the, because you can try to ignore, like, or it just, it just it doesn't, I'm lucky enough that I don't know anybody, you know, who's seriously ill anymore, so it's easier to kind of not let yourself think about everything right but when you really sit and think about it i can't quite process it at all so i'm just i'm listening to these like hypnosis music beats things where it's Mm -hmm. just like get confident like while you sleep and you like listen to this music so i'm just trying to like like self-improvement i guess is what everyone's trying to do now or trying to think like what jobs are we going to be able to do after this or how are we going to like where's comedy going? But I said I would just do the stupidest things. I will. I this this um, audio tape. They have them for everything. They have like lose weight while you sleep listening to this music. They have like bleach your butthole like while you sleep <laughs> listening to this music. So I'm like, you know, where's my inner beauty? I'm coming out of this quarantine. My butthole is gonna be like just like yeah, I like a beautiful snowflake. <laughs> I'm gonna work on my on my inner beauty, but first I'm gonna bleach my hole and but lose. Your inner beauty, technically, that's like that's the portal to the inner beauty. But there, there's this guy. I don't know if hypnosis really works, but there's this guy on YouTube, Hypno Daddy, and people write like, "Oh, this works. This lightened my butt And I'm like, "Okay, well, if it works, stop it! Stop it! Stop! Stop! Hypno Daddy! Oh it's no!" Everything else, I'm perfect. So now I'm <laughs> because everything else is just so good. I have learned to accept myself for <laughs> who I am, but first, through my mantra, I will bleach my hole. But then I will be at one. I will be whole after I have completely colonized my hole. That's well, such a mixed message. It's such like, a mixed. They call it like to light in private area. I interpret. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> light in private area. Like first world problems. <laughs> Light in private areas sounds like just gentrification. That's all it sounds like. We're going to be white everywhere it can be white, including on white people's bodies down there. We're going to, nothing will be dark anywhere. Oh my God. <laughs> Natalie, how can people find you? How can we follow you? Um, I guess I'm most active on uh, Instagram, just Natalie Perlin Comedy. So P-E-R-L-I-N. Natalie, yeah. N-A-T-A-L-I-E. Okay. Um, but Saturday, will that be your first official Zoom stand-up comedy show? Have you done, you've been doing virtual shows. But wait, I saw you at the at, at Westside Comedy. On the, yeah, I've, I've done a couple. I've done a couple. I, I feel like I'm getting more comfortable. Because even on stage, I feel like crowd work is not like my area of expertise. So I'm trying to get better. <laughs> and right, right. I'm contact with everyone in the square and not just being like a chin and like a boob. <laughs> yeah, just a boob screen. Well, but your jokes, but it's also important to just to also be able to do your jokes. Because I mean, I, I host the show. I just do crowd work and bring 
I kind of click from square to square bringing people in, but that helps kind of loosen up and connect, especially, especially it's a virtual show. I think crowd work in a club really for the host to do really helps tighten the room. But if it's on zoom, you definitely have to talk to every person or a chunk of the people that are there. So they all feel connected because if not, you're just watching a flat screen. It could be a TV and they don't even know. I mean, people, some people also watch it like it's a TV and they're talking to each other. I'm like, hi, hey, just so you know, uh, Jill, we can hear you talking to John. <laughs> we hear that you, I don't know if your relationship is going to last, but could you please mute it so we can have our relationship with the audience? Like, and there's definitely a learning curve. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for the comedians and for audiences that don't, that just have never been in a situation I mean, no one's been. How many people have been going to comedy shows on Zoom? I mean, it's only the last 46 days that it's been a possibility. And in the last 46 days, how many have actually happened in the universe? Not that many. It's a whole kind of very specific uh, experiment. You know, where some people don't want to do it or some people are afraid to do it. And I'm like, look, we've got 18 months of this until a vaccine comes out or a blow dart or a remdesivir is the answer or some drug is the answer. Even then it's like, are people going to feel safe to go out? Are people going to want to go out? Are people going to have the money to go out? Like, how is it going to, what's the world? I mean, who knows what the world's going to look like? I mean, we'd all be online shopping for discounted versions of what we've been looking for, but I don't know. You, you could be, you could be, you could be changing from prints to solids. Who knows? The horror. <laughs> the horror. <laughs> well, I just want, now you, you, you're wearing an animal, uh, was that leopard? What are you wearing? Yeah. Oh. My signature leopard print. <laughs> oh my God. We're having like a little rivalry here. I will raise you. I also have a leopard print pillow. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I have two double. I have two double Z's. These are my double zebras. My double Z's. <laughs> <laughs> this is becoming a. This is going from a comedy podcast to a cam girl throwdown. <laughs> <laughs> you required it in your rider. In my rider, the Airbnb that I stay at must have at least three types of animal prints. I have, I have all my stuff in New York is in storage now. Now look, oh. I have. I also have. A, these are pants I made. These are these are a zebra neon zebra pants, or maybe these are actually these are Bengal tiger stripes, but they're neon green. So it's it's a tiger. It's not a zebra. So there. This is when the inner child comes out. The two inner children come out. I have, I have more. <laughs> I have six uh, stuffed animal baby cheetahs. Oh my God. You are a, you're a tiger queen. You're a totally tiger queen. You're like the, you know what? You're the Hello Kitty of tiger queen. Because you're like still girly soft. Tiger. Oh my God. Siegfried and Roy is a reincarnation. Are you <laughs> Oh my God. That's, that's who got fed to, oh my God, wow. It's getting, okay, well, I even have, I do have, okay, I'm gonna pull it up. I'll, maybe someday I'll wear this again. I used to wear this when I was a showgirl, but it's like a giant Lenny Kravitz collar Vers, Versace knockoff kind of, uh, you know, and the, even with the match, matching, matching uh, look at this, look at this, the, 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 the cuff. The cuff is like French cuff. It's like a, a bell. A bell cuff. <laughs> yeah, a bell cuff with a wing on it. Bell cuff That's with wing. Awesome. Oh my God, we are doing. This is not the. This is like the uh, Home Shopping Network. <laughs> for, 
three easy payments. Nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. Yeah, for four payments of nine ninety nine. We should tell Home Shopping Network that we should we should do it. Yeah, we'll do something. We'll have to do we'll have to do a spoof or something. Oh, you know, if if it comes down to it, we'll start eBaying all our old prints. If we we're gonna to have to that. just to survive. Right. We're gonna have to sell off all of our all of our impulse purchases over the last decade. We'll now fund the rest of our lives. No, I'm returning all this to Amazon. Amazon's like my public library. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I love it. My Bengal tiger didn't fit. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. Well, Natalie, I'm so glad you joined me. For more information, you can go to WTYPod, that's WTYPOD.com, We There Yet Podcast. You can also click the link for Natalie Perlin Comedy on Instagram or Natalie Perlin. Uh, I'll have links below in the meta. But Saturday, May 2nd, 8 p.m. Eastern, she'll be joining me and Afira Eisenberg, Alan Fox, <laughs> Alan Fox, Alan Fuchs. I just said Fuchs. I, his, his, his Twitter is no, no Fuchs given. So I keep wanting to say, you know, no Fuchs given. Alan, Alan Fuchs, uh, and Natalie Perlin, and me, and oh my God, I'm blanking out. I am so tired. Alex Carabano. Alex Carabano from HBO Latino. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God, this is what it looks like when I go to bed at three in the morning and still try to run a regular day. Um, Natalie, I'm so glad you joined me, and I'll uh, I'll see you Saturday. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye. WTY. It's a comedy journey.